listeners, welcome to our latest edition of Brain Lava, Timo Dia's podcast dedicated to all things marketing and tech. I'm Patty Rio, president at Odia, and today we have an extremely special guest. We have the marketing coordinator from Chicago Family Business Council, Kara, here with us. Hi, Kara. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming over. Oh, so far, CFBC is about two blocks from our office. One and a half. One and Don't a half. Don't give me so much credit. Absolutely. So, <laughs> CFBC is is actually located at DePaul down on State Street here in downtown Chicago. And do you want to tell folks a little bit about CFBC before we get going? Sure. So like Patty said, I'm the marketing coordinator, aka the marketing department for the CFBC. We're a nonprofit affiliate of DePaul, a member organization of entrepreneurial and family business owners, key employees, and we exist to support them through uh, different educational programs. We also do peer forums. And we basically just try to help them be better. Yeah. A great organization. We are super proud as Odia to be the marketing strategic partner for CFBC. Uh, CFBC also happens to be a client. And as a client, we have set CFBC up on HubSpot. So those of you who don't know HubSpot, care explain HubSpot to, to some folks. Yeah, so HubSpot, I'm, I'm in it every day. Um, it's our marketing automation software, but we also use it as CRM, so customer relationship management system. We use it for everything. We use it to pull data. We use it to track engagement. We use it to send our marketing emails, do our social media scheduling. Um, so pretty much everything I do for my job exists inside of HubSpot which is why this past September, I went out to their Marketing Inbound Conference out in Boston. Uh, this was your first inbound. It was my first inbound, yes. So Megan and I went a couple years ago. I haven't been back, weren't able to go, so super psyched you were able to go. What'd you think of your first inbound? It was awesome. Uh, I love how they, my favorite part was that there was something for everybody. My first impression was, are we, you know, big enough for this? Are we tech-oriented enough for this? Felt a little bit like, is this really going to be helpful for us? But that said, they have so many programs, so many breakout sessions, that it was so easy to find dozens of things that would be helpful for us. And then in terms of the keynotes, uh, yeah. those, were just, those were just entertaining, fun, inspiring you know, just awesome people to listen to. So, Who'd you get? So when I went, I got Amy Schumer. When Meg went, she got Michelle Obama. So who'd you get as your keynotes? We had, uh, so the first night was Deepak Chopra. Mm. Yes. Uh, so he's like a, guru, a lifestyle, spiritual guru. Um, that was my first, you know, diving right in. That was the first uh, presenter on the, the first night of the conference. We also had the founder of Charity Water, Scott Harrison. Okay. He had an interesting story of how he went from being like somebody he hated, he was like a nightclub promoter, didn't like who he was, to being the founder of a world-changing charity. Mm. So he, he was really inspiring to listen to, had a great, great presentation. We also had two dope queens, which are, they're a podcast themselves. They talk about pop culture and, and things like that. And there was a comedian also, not Amy Schumer. Um, I'm forgetting her name, but she does the Elder Millennial special that was on Netflix. Um, oh, no, I, I, I Yeah, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she was hilarious too. So yeah, the, the keynotes, like the evenings, uh, were just pure like entertainment and inspiration. But during the day, it was kind of the nitty gritty getting down to things that 
um, help you as a marketer. So yeah. I really liked it. And I loved Boston. It was beautiful. My first time there, too. First inbound, first Boston. Yes. Nice. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we try within these podcasts to always give folks who listen some some key learnings, some shared experience, if I can use some, some CFBC language. <laughs> um, so... Help us know like three things that you learned at Inbound that we can use, incorporate, work on, whether or not we have HubSpot. Sure. I will say none of the things I learned you necessarily need HubSpot for. So that was another really nice, a really nice thing about the conference. The HubSpot founders did a keynote too, but um, yeah, everything they talked about was just purely marketing, which was really helpful. My biggest takeaway was really surrounding creative ways to to always be pushing content, especially when you're a small team. I went to several breakouts about this actually. Um, One was about content remixing, Mm -hmm. and then the other was about content uh, recycling and- Slice and dice almost. Yes, and how to use your customers to create content too. Wow. So me, being a person who wears every marketing hat, content is one of the hardest things for me to always be creating new things and what hasn't been done already and what are they going to find interesting, you know, our audience. So those kinds of sessions were really helpful. And, you know, specifically coming from a place of user-generated content, it was, you know, what kinds of things can you do to make it easy for your customers to engage with you, to post about you on their, you know, from their own free will, essentially. So it gave me a lot of ideas being a member organization and they all have an amazing story to tell. That was really beneficial for me to think about all of our members either own a business or are part of a closely held business. And how can we use their stories? A lot of them have already told us their story mm-hmm. and repurpose that and, and let it resonate with other business owners in Chicago. Well, and they're also small teams, typically themselves, knowing mm-hmm. the CFPC members. They're like you. Maybe they have one person on staff, maybe two if, if they're a larger. And so for them as well, learning from you and being able to use CFPC content is some of their streams that kind of give and take, I think is super important for the for CFPC members. Mm-hmm. And they're struggling with the exact same thing you're struggling with. Exactly. And a lot of smaller businesses also rely on referrals and word of mouth and that sort of right. thing. So right. that user-generated content, UGC workshop that I went to was really about pushing that. Like, how do you get more word of mouth? And they shared that 92% of customers trust word of mouth the most mm-hmm. when they're making a purchasing decision. So that was really interesting for me, especially because I'm trying to, you know, save time as much as possible when it comes to content and what can, we already have so many great stories, how can we use those? Yeah, absolutely. And that's like the holy grail of marketing to me. When your users start generating content for you and start talking about you, that's like holy grail. Like you've hit that spot. Yes. If you can make that happen. Um, And they gave a lot of uh, like well-known brand examples. So the speaker, the presenter was from ClassPass. Are you familiar with? Yeah. So you can buy uh, 10 passes and then go take 10 different studios. Studio, yoga, kickboxing, bar class, whatever, right? Exactly. So they are champions of user-generated content. There's, it's especially a female audience. Yeah. They're on Instagram doing their aerial yoga and, you know, sharing that. And and when people see that, they want to know more. So um, that was a really cool example of it. And just, yeah, it's it's the most obvious thing. Yeah. Just find a way to get your customers to talk about you was was really cool. Yeah. Cool. Love that takeaway. Yeah. What else do you get? 
The uh, another interesting thing was it actually came out of the HubSpot founder keynote. They talked about how the sales funnel is dead. Ah, how the marketing and, how the marketing and sales funnel is dead. Um, his presentation had a large animated funnel on these you know huge screens of it cracking and falling apart, and him explaining why. Um, and he introduced something called the flywheel. Okay. Apparently, Amazon like championed this to start out, and it's essentially a cycle of attracting and engaging and delighting people. And it's not so much about them coming down a funnel into you know that small pool of being a customer. And it was interesting to hear kind of that different perspective. And they challenged us all to create our own flywheel of what things are you doing so it's kind of like a homework, right? Mm-hmm. So what things are you doing to attract your customers? Got it. What opportunities are there? How are you engaging them and keeping them with you? You know, is it is it your content that's educating them? Is it um, are they interacting with you at an, at events? Are they you know what is engaging Review them? sites. What are they? Are other folks talking about you? Reviewing you? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you know delighting them and continuing to delight them. So that's kind of the the theory behind it is that it's a continuum. It's always, you should always be moving them instead of them falling into a funnel, which was interesting. And it's apparently an idea that's been around for a little while. Like I said, with Amazon, they've always followed a a flywheel model and they talked about uh, reducing friction in your flywheel. So friction, they're mainly talking about kind of the incoming generation of, you know, millennial decision makers and what how you can specifically delight, attract, engage them. And it's all about your process and reducing friction. So, you know, they don't have to call in to get a quote. You know, you're open 24-7, even if it's just online. They have, you know, access to whatever they need all the time. Those kinds of things. Chat, as well as a 1-800 number, even AI-assisted chat, which HubSpot is is becoming a big proponent of. Exactly. Of getting your chatbots even smarter so that when I've asked the question and you ask the question and JJ, who's producing us, asks the question, that your chat starts learning so that eventually it can start answering those on its own. Mm-hmm. And streamlining it for the business, too. I mean, yeah. that's one less job that you have a, a human behind. They're, they also talked about like the try first model, the trials. I think the specific example they used was the mattress industry, how that has really changed. And now there's dozens of online brands where you can try a mattress that comes in a small box to your doorstep and try it for 100 nights or, or something like that before, you know, with no commitment. They yeah. like a, a no commitment, let me try it out model. Yeah. My only question is how do you get back in the box? Like, if you're not happy with it, like how do you actually truly send it back? That I don't know. That's another um, podcast. That I don't know. So I'm a millennial, obviously. Uh, I I fell into it. I did the mattress in a box. I ordered one online after some uh, some vetting for a few weeks. And I luckily didn't have to send it back because I love it. Nice. Um, but I did, yeah, I did wonder that. I was like, if I don't like this mattress... How do I I get it back? How do I get it back in that skinny box? Um, But I don't have to worry about it, so it's good. Nice. And yeah, you have one more? uh, The other is actually about millennials. Okay. So we're doing an event in May for Crane Small Business Week on breaking generational stigmas. Our argument being that millennials get a lot of criticism, but also every other generation has faced criticism when they've entered a workforce. I actually learned yesterday that people who are in their 20s, like 20, 21, 22, are considered Gen Z. 
And that was kind of shocking to me because that, that means they're entering the workforce now too and they're going to start facing those same criticisms because um, I'm a victim of it. Like I've looked at my little cousin who's eight years old on his laptop and I'm like, what are you doing on there? You know, go outside and play, read a book. And I'm already starting to criticize them. And it's kind of that self-awareness of that's always going to be the case. So how can we break that down and, and try and stop that, right? And just kind of accepting each other's differences in, in business. So I went to this workshop on millennial decision makers and how they're entering the workforce. And the audience was a, a good mix, which I liked. It wasn't just millennials in the room like, yes, tell me how, <laughs> tell tell me how, how to awesome please me. I am. <laughs> tell me how to please me and all these things. But it was a lot about things that I think would surprise a boomer, right? So that millennials actually really value human connection. Yeah. So people think that they hide behind their screens and all that. And to a degree, absolutely true. And we're definitely more tech-focused and, and that sort of thing. But we that almost makes us value human connection more. When it happens, it's purposeful and desired and needed, not just an everyday occurrence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to your business, it's having that, that as an option. So if they don't want to do that chatbot, it's that they have someone they can just call and talk to. I'm personally one of those people who I'm like, I would rather just call. It's like easier for me to just call and, and talk to someone about my questions. And that's so not the stigma of your generation. The stigma of your generation is you're going to go on Twitter and, and, and send a tweet to, you know, support. Or you're going to, you know, go on the, the website and look for an email. You're not going to pick up. You don't even realize that that thing that you carry around, you can actually talk into I think mm-hmm. is the stigma that your generation gets. Yes. And, you know, it just depends. Sometimes that is Absolutely. true. And companies are making it more convenient for everyone to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm all in for that, too. But um, they do value that human connection piece. They like to be able to be, you know, outgoing and out there meeting people. So that was kind of something that I think shook the room a little bit. And she, she really highlighted that in um, her presentation. The other being that millennials really value purpose. So if you're trying to recruit that, you know, a, a younger gen to really talk about what their role is going to mean for this company and what is your vision and values and really trying to get them behind that because that's what makes them excited to work for a place. And I don't know that I think that that's generational. Like I actually mm-hmm. believe that that is true for absolutely everyone, you know, including including boomers who, you know, were kind of that loyal generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think that for them that has morphed into really wanting to be part of something bigger, part of that overused Simon Sinek why. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why is the company, why are you doing what you're doing? How are you looking to to be better, to leave the world better? All of those components. I think that kudos to millennials for, like, making it the thing. But I don't think that that's, as most of these, that's not solely a millennial issue. Exactly. And that goes back to the we're not all different. No. We're not really that different. No. So that was interesting just from, just kind of, I guess, the, the recruiting standpoint of if that if you can show them that they'll be doing, they're doing something valuable and purposeful, that that helps them kind of get excited about it. 
And interesting that recruiting happened at a marketing conference, <laughs> which is becoming, especially right now with unemployment at a 10, 20 year low, I, I don't know what the stat is, but certainly lower than it's been in a very long time. Marketing is now being looked at as a recruitment arm, not just yes. a customer arm. And I think that's very interesting. So the fact that recruitment is coming up at a marketing conference means that marketers are having a, a bigger, more important operational role, yes. which isn't just helping sales attract customers, but now it's how helping HR attract the good candidates. Yeah, it's totally just the face of, yeah. of that. Yeah, um, I agree. Audience. I agree. And I think the, the audience in that room, that's kind of what they were after is because um, it was about millennial decision makers. But I think a lot of the people were there to also understand how can I be appealing to a millennial as a boss or, a, you know. So I think that's where that, that older gen came in and was hoping to get takeaways from that. A couple other things about millennials is that they really value collaboration and external input. So mentorship is actually something they highly value and teamwork. So... You know, they, a lot of people think millennials are not, you know, la la la, don't want to hear it from earbuds in, not making eye contact. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but they actually highly value that mentor, that mentorship. So I thought that was interesting and just wanting that connection with someone outside of their generation. Because I think, again, that's something that not a lot of people think about. Right. And lastly, that they value diversity as a way of life. So again, going to, to your company, how, how is it diversified in, in you know, attracting that audience? And what can, they, what can they look at and be like, that's, they're really trying to do something that affects a lot of people, not just a small group of people. So that was another thing that, that was interesting. So worthwhile for you to go? Yes. I want to go back. I was going to say, do you want to go? Would you yeah. go every year or would you take a year off and, and then go another? I want to switch it up, obviously, um, as much as possible. So I don't know. I, I, I want to see in the coming year what else is out there yeah. um, and then definitely go back. I, I ask because our team is looking at our continuing ed and where our team's gone to conferences and what we've got out of it and where some maybe haven't met expectations and other have. So it's just interesting to, to kind of get another feedback because I think that we're also the mindset that we're going to mix it up quite a bit. And certainly CFBC just itself is a terrific resource. So plug CFBC a little bit for anyone listening. Where should they go to find out about amazing CFBC events that are coming up? Yes, you can go to www.chicagofbc, as in Family Business Council, .com. Um, and if you go to our events page, you'll see everything that we have coming up all the way through to next summer. Perfect. All right. Well, that's the latest Brain Lava. As always, thanks for listening. Any ideas you want to come on and be a guest and have a conversation with me, email us at hello at teamodia.com. And of course, you can always find us at www.teamodia.com. Thanks, Kara. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.